Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. We are reviewing the first post-merge episode of Worlds Apart, and Andy, it was magical. Magic like Jen finding an idol. I'm doing the magic hands right now, you just can't see it. Yeah, no, it was, hey, good good stuff, right? Good post-merge episode. It was, and you know what, let's just start at the very end uh, with Jen saving herself. For some reason... I was way more confident than I should have been that Jen was not going home. Yeah, no, like all the indicators pointed that they were in trouble, except maybe a few small things in the edit. You know, it looked like they were leaning too heavy that it would be Joe, so they're like, well, it isn't going to be Joe. But that's just answered, you know, once they go to the immunity challenge. But I don't know if it's just us and we're reading it the way we want to read it, but it just feels like they're the stars of the season and everybody else is kind of the weirdos bouncing around them. And I think that's why I also didn't feel like she was going to go home, but you just kind of do the calculus and it's like, well, I don't know if they won anybody over and they didn't. <laughs> and, it's like, and then Will really had me worried. Um, and we'll talk about that in a bit. So oh, we will like, definitely talk about Will in a bit, but yeah, I also wasn't, outwardly nervous although you know i still i did notice that you know my leg was still twitching a bit so yeah parts of me clearly was but it's just like it's it's not time yet she's too awesome for it to be now yeah it would have felt kind of hollow if that's as far as she got and just that she hadn't lived up to potential even though we've liked her so far it just it feels like there's more gen to come yeah and i mean i feel like when or if and actually right now i'd say it's a big if uh, she has an episode where she gets booted. You know, she'll give the quotes that make her look like an ass when she goes. <laughs> you think they're just, and that didn't happen? Do yet. you think they're just banking them? Like they've already got five or six of them, and they're just like, no, 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 we're gonna hold on to that one. Yeah, that's right. They're saving them, and it's like, all right, we'll need to recolor the buff. It's like, oh no, she's saying them again. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. She'll just keep sticking that foot right back in the mouth. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, and yeah, it just didn't feel like uh, this is the end of Jen episode, but it certainly, it certainly could have been. And that was just like a great moment. That was just a great tribal council moment for the ages. Yeah, did you like how they uh they didn't even have it on her face when she said Jeff? Yeah. Like we're we're seeing a picture of I think it was like Kelly. What's Kelly? And then all of a sudden you hear Jeff and then up she stands. Yeah, no, and they they and the editors really played it off well. Uh, it's just that, you know, they went through the whole music and they showed this person, that person. They even showed Jen and she's kind of like, well, whatevs. And then they show other people and we're like, no, Jen, no, I don't think you got it. <laughs> but I mean, obviously that's all just the work of editor. Oh yeah. I'm sure she actually didn't drag it out in the no. moment. She was kind of like Jeff. Uh, but hey, that's television. Great television. Thank you, Survivor. You are a television show or you're not a documentary. That's right. Uh, and then from that moment on, just so, so many great reaction shots. From, you know, the worried faces. Because as soon as she gets up to the play, plays it, like, the blue collars and the wet blankets know they're F. Yes. And it's just a matter of who's the most F. Right. Uh, but then, yeah, they read the ha- the Haley vote. It, her name's Haley. We've been alternating all season long. <laughs> you nailed Shireen in the preseason, but Haley we oh, just... Oh, phrasing, Andy. <laughs> yes. It's certainly going to have to wait till at least after the game for that. Um, so Haley... Uh, it was the first vote, and it was like, oh, f***. <laughs> well, yeah, but then the oh, f*** comes back around later when the gen votes start popping up, and you see the Rodney face. Uh, yeah, and I, I love that Jen had, and, you know, Haley, but especially Jen had no poker face about that. Yeah. It was, not, it was just, like, cackling. Just wide open laughing and cackling about, you know, it, it paid off. And that's, you know, why I'm in love with her a bit, um, as a player. Uh, just, she, she doesn't have the filter. She's doing awesome things and she's enjoying it. And yeah, everybody else is just like stone phase, more classic Rodney confusion moments. Yep. Uh, I can't decide what, where I want Rodney expressions more. Do I want jury Rodney expressions, or do I need him to continue to be befuddled at tribal council as an active player? I, I don't know that he's going to fully understand what his role in the jury will be. So I think if you want reaction shots from Rodney, you kind of need him in the game. Yeah, I think he needs to like go in there, as, you know, as confident as he is in his day to day life that things are going to happen, and then it never happened for him. That's that's his destiny. I think it'd be awesome if every vote Rodney's just wrong. He's like Cass, 
and just he never gets the person that's going home. He just always picks the wrong person, and it's just every week, like, oh, fuck again, oh. Like, every time. But he can't just, like, he has to, like, every time have legitimate, like, thoughts and hopes that this time he's right. Yeah. Yeah. It can't just be that, like, he's ever the underdog. He, like, you know, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, Rodney, for sure. And then, boom, another blind side. Boom, it's just not going. And him just like, what? But I want this Bro. to go, like, five, six weeks in a row, and he's like, he's going to go, you know, fool me five times, shame on you. Uh, so, is Jen the front runner? Uh, she's one of them. I think there's a couple other people that you could consider in the front runner group, but yeah, yeah like I think there's certainly a handful of contenders. Yeah, but only a handful. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you definitely you're you're insane if you don't lump her in with that handful. But like, if we were doing power rankings today and we're not, I'd be hard pressed not to put her at one. I think you'd. I basically have to. The episode after she, you know, successfully played an idol to save herself. Well, that actually is a fairly infrequent uh, happening. That's true, and that is quite a power move. But at the same time, if we're doing power rankings, she's still on the four side of a four versus seven now. So, eh, there's only so much power that you have in that position. Yeah, actually, that's worth talking about. Um, this is a good thing we have a podcast. Because uh, I think a lot of people were like, oh, like they were calling everybody on the other side stupid. They were calling Will stupid. And again, we'll, we're going to get to that soon. Um, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, they had an overwhelming majority. Just somebody played an idol. Like, yeah, so I don't know if they're Jen's, to your point, in the driver's seat currently. But when you factor how well the night went for her, and how much the season seems to like that group, I feel like some. this is the start of many good things to come for them. Yeah, I mean, I won't lie to you. I spent a good portion of the rest of that night and then somewhat of today going, okay, so how can this be the, like, I24 slash FOA FOA Russell's group overcoming the odds type scenario? Like, just working out their path to the finish line. And obviously Shireen's in that four in my uh, delusional scenarios. Well, she was last night. I, exactly. She certainly was more than Will was. Oh, was Will not 100% with the no callers? That's insane because, you know, I had it on very good authority that Will was absolutely solid, airtight with the no callers. That he loved that group. He would never betray them. Yeah, I think I remember hearing somebody say that. I'll have to go back uh, and check. I don't remember who. I've heard that, it, you know, that guy that hasn't gotten a single prediction right and once thought Tony could never win Survivor. So, I mean, really, <laughs> that guy's a moron. Yeah, I do uh, want to point out, though, that last week I said that that was only a group of three and somebody was like, no, 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 no. I can't remember who it was, but someone was convinced that I was wrong. All right. All joking aside, uh, I'm going to let's get some clean audio here so you can make a cut. Use this whenever you want. I was completely wrong and you were right. Mmm, that's going to be a go-to drop over and over again. Uh, in fact, when it happened, I'm like, no, no, Will, don't do this to me. So I've been completely wasting my time with these stupid bonus video posts. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't worry, you have. Uh, <laughs> There's a reason those don't make the show. And yes, it's key to remember that even the stuff that makes the bonus clips is part of an edit. Um, So yeah, we're talking about Will now. Did he screw up? Or did he make the right move? How is it a bad move to go into such a large majority? I mean, if if you're seeing that you're in a group of four or possibly even five against seven or eight, better to be on the bottom of a group of seven or eight than at the bottom of a group of four or five. So, you know, why not move up a little bit and then hope something shakes out later? Plus, I don't think Will's that good at Survivor. He probably just went... Yeah, sure. I don't think he put a lot of strategic thought into it. Yeah, I think there's a qualification here, whether this is the right move. Because I will say that a knee-jerk reaction from that I was seeing a lot was that, you know, oh, Will, such a dummy, why would you do that? And it's like, well, like, yeah, you might be thinking that, because I think most of the people that we converse with are on, you know, the side of the no-callers or Shireen or whatever, right? So it's like, oh, how could you flip on the people we like, Will? But to your point, yeah, he went to the overwhelming majority. Yes. he w yeah, All those people voted against them. They, again, an idol came out. And, and as a little uh, a note uh, before I get more into whether he should or not, 
we should all be thanking Will for his complete disloyalty. <laughs> because if he was loyal to the group, he would have told Jen that everybody was voting for Haley, and Jen would be going home. Like, it was only his disloyalty that saved them, and that was the one thing that actually had me worried, like, intellectually. Uh, again, edit, it just didn't feel like it was Jen's episode, but it's like, well, if Will's still on their side, like I told everybody he always would be, she's going to give the idol to Haley. And in fact, it's like, is that why they're showing the scene? So that we can figure it out? But no, they're showing the scene so we'd find out why there was a random vote for Haley. Um, but I don't think he made the decision to flip once he found out that the majority was going against it. I think he made the decision to flip when Rodney proposed that weirdo alliance to him. Yeah, you think Rodney got him with that first little three-minute conversation? If it's not Rodney, it made me out of that moment, but, like, if it wasn't Rodney, then it was maybe Carolyn or Kelly. But, like, I think Will had made the decision to flip before knowing that all the votes were going to Joe. I don't know if that's for sure. It just it, It didn't feel like he was the last guy to go. I guess we'll never know because you're just going on some fan fiction here. We didn't, or was that in one of the bonus scenes that you watched? Uh, well, I mean, uh, in one of the bonus scenes, he was talking post, uh, Joe winning that it was like, you know, it's too bad because I was ready to vote Joe out. So at least, uh, prior to like heading into the immunity challenge, Will was already ready to vote out Joe. Uh, and that's, you know, he said that's why he was cheering for Mama C, that, and he just thought it'd be, you know, inspiring for an old lady and her kids or whatever. Sure. But, yeah, that that he was disappointed to see Joe win. So I don't feel like it was kind of like a last minute, okay, everybody's doing this. So at some point, and, yeah, you know, I can't say whether it's Rodney for sure, but I can't say it wasn't Rodney. I think Will had already made the decision to flip. So that does make it maybe a little less, like, you know, that he was just surviving. At the same time... Yeah, I mean, there's more people on that side than this side. And apparently, as much as we love them, Joe, Haley, Jen did not do enough to lock Will up. Oh, phrasing. Not the good guy. Uh, so do we, do we want to talk about Rodney right now? Because I have thoughts on Rodney. Let's do it. All right. I kind of feel like if Rodney wasn't Rodney, would we maybe respect him a little bit more? I mean, he is and he always will be, but I... Yeah, make put those moves in a different body or different person talking, and like those 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 wasn't bad moves, was it? Like <laughs> he he read very correctly that he was not in a power position with his old alliance. Great read. They just voted against you in the last <laughs> one. Yeah. Didn't take uh, a genius to figure it out, but still, give him credit. Well, he doesn't burn that bridge. You know, he's like, okay, Mike, let's go talk. You know, he lets it know that he's not happy about it, but, you know, he still leaves that conversation uh, without having burned all the bridges. And then he's like, I'm going to find me an alliance that works better for me. And, I, you know, to my earlier point, Will, I think he did have an effect on bringing Will over. And the evidence of this is the fact that Will came over. Will did what he said to him. We didn't see anybody else telling him to vote Haley. We saw Mike tell Rodney t- to tell uh, Will. So, yeah, I mean... There's a flaw in that particular alliance because Kelly was part of it, but the idea behind it, pretty solid. Well, what's funny is it reminded me a lot of Natalie last season where we said that, you know, Natalie, after basically having Jeremy blindsided out from under her, needed to suck it up, pretend that she was on board, and then basically get her revenge later. And that's what Rodney needed to do as well. And he kind of did it. So I'd feel a little bad, not at least giving him some credit. But it is Rodney, so I'm torn here. And then what do you think about his little mini alliance with Kelly, uh, Carolyn, and Will? Like, that's not a bad thought, is it? To kind of pull the lessers amongst and make a final deal with them? It's certainly much more than I would have given him credit for, but that's a very low bar. Well, I mean, last week we're like, what's he going to do? Like, who's going to talk to Rodney? What friends does he have? And he very quickly made... Some, well, on some level. Yeah. I mean, they did come over on some level, right? Yeah, although we don't know the extent to which they were just humoring him and they were there for other people. Well, and that's the Rodney of it, right? Like, so I think the thought, the strategy is good. I'm not doing well with these people. They're not going to help me get where I want. Let me form a new coalition with people that will. So it's like uh, the, the the strategy might not be bad, but you know, at the end of the day, he's still right. Yeah, it, it sort of reminds me of Russell Hance, where it's 
you know what? That's not a bad strategic plan. At the same time, you're a terrible person and no one's going to vote for you because no one likes you. But still, not a bad plan. Yeah. Although some of you know, Russell's moves were actually bad plans anyway, because That's you true. don't need to burn that person, even if you were doing it in a nice way, which is beyond you. Whereas Rodney was building connections. He was working social connections. You know? He was finding people who would you know, theoretically be loyal to him. And would be easy to beat. He was hustling, bro. He was. Hey, I'm a salesman. It's what I do. I would sell myself. That's what he talks about in the bonus videos that you thankfully never have to watch. Uh, He talked about selling himself? Yes. Oh, I need to isolate that audio. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, look, we're going to spend a lot of time, and we already have, and we will again, talking about what a ridiculous figure Rodney is. And it didn't work, I don't think, fully. Because, for one, Kelly is always going to be more aligned to Mike than she is him. But I guess they did have some connection. And Kelly's exit interview says she never gave that information to Mike, that Rodney was forming this other alliance. But she says she would have eventually. But it's like, yeah, she he kind of found the people that could become his new alliance and brought them into his big alliance. And again, it could have worked if Jen didn't have an idol and didn't know to play it. Yeah, and if Rodney wasn't Rodney, I'd be giving him more credit for that. But yeah, I'd be like, hey, maybe he's going to make Final Four. But at the end, it's like, come on, Rodney, he's going to screw this up. Right. And in fact, maybe that's why we're not that nervous about, you know, Jen, for instance, going home. It's like at some point, Rodney is going to screw this all up for everybody. <laughs> well, let's talk about the other members of Rodney's alliance, the blue collar plus wet blanket alliance. Did they not plan for the idol properly? Do you think that they should have tried some sort of vote splitting scenario? Uh, uh, and apparently they did briefly talk about a vote split, but not for very long. And I think the reason not for very long is that's way too tenuous a connection of people to be doing a vote split. You need all eight people to completely buy in, not deviate whatsoever. Uh, and like two of those people, most of you just met, uh, and another one of them and Tyler flat out said, I'm not sure how much I want to commit to you guys. So I just, I don't think you can do a 4-4 split amongst those people. Because we've seen in the past, like, truly tight alliances screw up vote splits. Yes. Uh, or at least one guy in them, Tyson. Uh, so, <laughs> But there's other things you can do. If you are truly concerned about a, uh, an idol, vote splitting isn't the only move, especially when you potentially have this many people. You could also just not go for the most powerful people. Like, if Joe hadn't won immunity, they were all going to vote Joe. Well, Jen could have easily saved him with an with an idol or joe could have had an idol they don't know you know so then it's like okay not him jen it's like when you have that much people less close to emerge and if you are truly worried about idols you go for the least likely target that's just the play in that case are you suggesting that it should have been Haley? well Haley probably better than jen if you really want to be super safe uh shireen would be the answer yeah i don't know if they knew how solid shireen was with them i mean I think no. I mean, she probably isn't, but it's like it's somebody that you're not in alliance with, and it's one less person that those three could align with down the road, and it would theoretically burn an idol, right? Like if Shireen had an idol, she isn't playing it that night, and nobody would play one for her. So it'd be kind of a way of getting rid of a potential number for the other side and flushing out an idol. Yeah, I don't like that scenario though, just because you're really trying to take out an alliance, not someone that's attached to the alliance and the alliance is those main three so yeah if you were going to take a different target it's Haley and not jen regardless though i agree with you that the vote splitting thing just too risky i saw a lot of people commenting on that today oh they should have split the vote Mm -hmm. but yeah not the right move here yeah they've known will for three days and you know they set up that test because they don't trust him and i think uh, rightfully so. Well, I mean, not rightfully so, because he actually was won over, but I think rightfully so from a let's be cautious about this. Because if he hadn't, and you tell Joe, or tell Will, yeah, we're splitting 4-4, well, suddenly the other side wins. <laughs> Will just has yes. to go back to them, it's like, us five, whoever we want, because it's going to be 4-3-5. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't do it. Just right. for Will alone, even if you're a thousand percent sure, which is... Is that mathematically possible? Uh, about Carolyn and Tony, and you should, or not Tony, sorry, Tyler, <laughs> and you shouldn't be. Just Will alone could mess the whole thing up. And frankly, if you will, at that point, maybe you do just go back to your original tribe. Yeah, if you could get that to work out, sure. Yeah. 
So no, I don't. I don't think vote splitting was an actual option. Not at that moment. It's not the overwhelming majority that people think it is. I mean, it turned out to be, but it's just way too high risk. But, so yeah, um, maybe Jen wasn't the right target for them, obviously, since she played an idol. <laughs> but was uh Kelly the right target for the other side? I think so. And my reasoning is, for, well, first of all, they don't know for sure if anybody has an idol. Uh, I think. Mike is the obvious target, uh-huh. but just from the read that I'm getting, no one dislikes Kelly that we saw. This is, again, sort of reading outside the edit here, but I suggested this last week, I think, that, that Kelly is sort of the glue of that alliance and, again, target someone they're not going to expect. I think Kelly fits all those criteria. You get a good target, and she's not who they're going to expect, so she's not going to play the idol. And if you take the shot, you're going to take her out. Uh, and this is one of those where I think you need to trust the read of the people on the island. Jen, you know, vocalized this, that she thinks that Kelly was, you know, the glue. And I, I got that sense too. And as soon as she said it, it was like, yeah, I think you're right. Because, yeah, Mike would be the obvious target, to your point. Uh, obvious targets can be dangerous in an idol world. But more so, it's just, I'm not sure taking out Mike has the same destructive powers as taking out Kelly. Because, and Joe could have shared this information that we don't know. There was tension. There is tension between Mike and Rodney. You know, Joe was there when, you know, Rodney voted one way and the other guys voted another way. Right. You know, uh, you're not going to target Dan. Uh, Rodney, I don't think you want, like we predicted, you know, him. I don't think you're going to want to take out Rodney. If anything shatters that blue collar tribe, it's going to be because of Rodney. <laughs> Uh, so leave that agent of chaos in there and see what happens. Yeah, and we'll actually get to that when we get to predictions, because I have some theories on that. But yeah, I, to your point, I think Kelly was the one that everybody liked, and I think if you remove that, the the hub, it could all come crumbling down, much like when Tyson went home in Heroes vs. Villains. Yeah, I love how you keep bringing that up. Well, it's instructive. It was a <laughs> fairly big moment in Survivor history, but yeah, even in that, Rob going, I think, would have just handed control to, you know, Tyson Coach. But Tyson was what kept Coach and Jerry in. And I think, yeah, to your point, Kelly, I think, is what might be keeping uh, Sierra in. It might be what's keeping Carolyn. I think that one, actually, uh, that math is pretty easy to do. There's a good chance that Carolyn and Tyler flipped over because Carolyn had a bigger connection to Kelly than she ever did to the young kid. Well, we should talk a little bit about the uh, two remaining wet blankets because they sort of ended up in the swing position tonight. Yeah, I think wherever they went was where it was going to go. I- you know, whether Will was going to do it with or without them, I, we don't know. I think there's a chance that he, you know, was just ready to do it anyway. But that wouldn't have been enough, you know. It was their two votes that formed a majority on either side. You were nice enough earlier in the episode to uh, admit that you were wrong. I'm not going to admit that I'm wrong here, but I am going to concede to the people that have been claiming all along that Tyler is getting this winner's edit and he's some master strategist. You at least got some evidence tonight that Tyler might have a clue of how to play Survivor. I mean, I thought the conversations that they showed between him and Carolyn and then him and Mike were very good. Uh, he was very honest, noncommittal with Mike. It, he basically laid out to him like, okay, here's my thoughts. I think he approached Mike in the right way and didn't let Mike just throw him some platitudes and say, yeah, I'm fine with that, whatever. I think he sort of made Mike work for it, and I think that probably helped convince Mike that Tyler was with him. And just in general, solid performance from him tonight. Yeah. So since I don't have the bias that maybe certain people on this podcast have, I'll give you my honest assessment of Tyler up until this point. The people that have been saying winner's edit are completely projecting, all right? There's been no winner's edit for Tyler. No. But I think he's had moments throughout the season, and last night especially, where it's like, there are tools there. He hasn't, <laughs> Crazy. Put, them, <laughs> he hasn't put them together yet, but you know, the way he, you know, way people feel comfortable approaching him, the way that he is not, you know, freaking out and being annoyed, like he wasn't a character at all. It's like, he could do it. We don't know. So when you're listing people who can't win, you shouldn't touch Tyler. Your people that say they can, it's like, well, he has not closed any doors yet. And I think that's what we saw. He didn't close the door until there was a... Make your joke. (laughs) I know you're dying. Yeah. You know where he did close the door? 
was in the key party that he apparently attends. I love that Tyler throws out a key party reference and yet sees naked people and is covering his eyes. Come on, even you have to admit the Pooh Bear look is just weird, man. It wasn't just that. It was Max, too. He's like, oh, God. Like, he's so disgusted by nudity, but he thinks, you know, swinger parties are hilarious. Everything in its right place, okay? (laughs) So the wild debauchery is, you know, in the 70s households. But yeah, I think so, and that's where Tyler's been doing. And uh, to throw, you know, people were saying Carolyn's playing well and that we're haters. Uh, yeah, we, we don't like her. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I put her in the 0% club last week. None of that's a judgment on her gameplay. That was a full judgment on her edit that she is just never seems to be enjoying a single moment from what we are shown in the episode. She actually does get some uh, lighter hearted moments in bonus footage, which actually just helped me finish. Like, if they wanted to make Carolyn seem more likable, there must be material there. People who just met her are already calling her Mama C. You know, so I think people there probably like her. I think she's done okay for herself strategically. She was a freaking boss in that challenge. Yes. She's still not gonna win. And full credit to her for doing a great job in that challenge. But the Mama C thing, she could have been introducing herself and just being like, oh, just call me Mama C. You know, and then everybody's like, okay, I'll call you Mama C. We don't know. No, but I think it, it's a positive indicator from all we have. It might not be everything, but yeah, she's doing all right for herself in the game, especially for her position. Uh, and I think, yes, her and Tyler did a pretty good job with their swing vote. They found the majority. They found, and more than just the majority, if you're looking at those two groups of people, which one do you think you'll have more success taking over? Yeah, I will agree with that. They, I mean, if you're picking a side in that and you are clearly the swing vote, pick the side that's going to be much more fractured, where you can already see the cracks just weeks in advance. Yeah, and I think what's also good about it, you know, and we'll use Tyler's approach because we never actually saw Carolyn negotiate. I think he doesn't, like, uh, say uh, 100% I'm with you. It's like, okay, Find me a deal that works for me. We can work together, and then we can work to build trust. So if he wants to flip again next week, I don't think it loses him all the jury votes in the world. Like, I think they get to stay as swing votes for a little bit of time here. You know, traditionally a survivor being uh, viewed as a swing vote has been very dangerous, but I think it's different in a three-tribe scenario. Yeah, and I mean, I think generally if you're the swing vote, there are ways to navigate it. And the way to navigate it is to not shine a fucking spotlight on the fact that you're the swing vote. And I don't think they really did. I think they played it low-key, the wet blankets, that is. And, yeah, Tyler was very noncommittal. He approached that the correct way so that he's not going to burn any bridges if he flips later. He can just be like, you know what? As I told you, make a pitch that works for me. You didn't do it, so I flipped. So people kind of understand that. It doesn't seem as much of a betrayal. Yeah, and it, like it's a less of a betrayal than Will. It's a betrayal, right? Will yes. was with these people in the beginning, you know, and then he flipped. Tyler, Carolyn have no loyalty to any of these people, you know. Tyler tried last week, and they uh, said no. Carolyn maybe a little bit, but still not quite the same. So, and that's where I think the three try format is like people recognize that they are kind of free agents, and they're you know it's your your job to win them over. Whereas, yeah, if you're winning Cochrane over, yeah, uh, in South Pacific. The other, the side that loses him are going to feel betrayed because, right. you know, he was part of their tribe. And that's why I think you can be a swing vote. It's your point. Yeah, you don't completely advertise it. You don't do the taunting, maybe, I don't know yet, you know, like yes. like Sarah did in Kagyan or uh, the original one, Christy, in the Amazon. But it wasn't that. It was, yeah, I'm interested, but. And I think that could work. Um, There was one other person that had the possibility of being a swing vote and she decided to go the other way and that would be shireen uh oh thank god we're finally talking about shireen yeah so uh maybe i should just give a quick opinion of shireen and then what just go fill up my water maybe yeah watch just, an episode of brooklyn 99 just sure think here. give me a good 20 minutes and then come back and check on me make sure i'm still here but yeah so at the end of the episode at tribal council she's like i don't think i'm the swing vote and it seemed like she was stating quite clearly that you know she has picked a side uh, was that the right move for her? Yeah, I loved that. I thought that was really ballsy of her. Like I just said, you don't want to shine a spotlight on the fact that you're the swing boat because A, that's dangerous. But B, saying, I just want to be clear, I'm not a swing vote is 
basically publicly pronouncing your loyalty, whether you have it or you don't, to that uh, group of no-callers. So I think it's a wise decision. And then, and this is a more minor consideration, you also don't want to give the editors that easy soundbite that they can use when you're going home. You know, the, oh, I'm the swing vote, and then they'll just drop that in on the episode that you go home. So... Yeah, but she did give them that soundbite. Yeah, you watched the bonus footage. I know you don't watch any, many bonus videos, but I know you watched the Shireen ones. <laughs> so that one exists as well. Uh, but no, I mean, I think one thing that we have to, we don't know for sure, but we didn't see anybody else approaching Shireen, right? Like, we didn't see the other side trying to court Shireen. And- well, you just talked about the bonus footage where she talks all about talking to various people that were trying to court her. Well, I think it was more theoretical. Like, I could talk to these people, but... How dare you? And maybe there was some conversations, like, you know, hey, what's up? But at the same time, I gotta feel like the other side probably felt like they had enough, and at that point, why share more information than necessary? And if she didn't have the option of flipping, then yeah, announce that you're with the side so that they feel like, yeah, yeah, you're one of us, cool. Like, Ozzy was basically able to do that in Cook Islands, right? For the longest time, he was the outcast on that tribe. They were like, hey, let's get rid of Ozzy as soon as we lose. Maybe we should throw a challenge to get rid of Ozzy. And then Penner and Candace slips, and he's like, us! It's us four! The other guy! <laughs> and they're like, oh, sure, Ozzy. Uh, Wu did that in uh, uh, Kakian, where you know, they blindside Cliff, and then Lindsay quits, and then, you know... Who is like, it's all about us here. Us yeah. team. We're like, yeah. Always been solid so, with you guys. <laughs> so, and, you know, I, Shireen could have been doing something like that, where she's like, yeah, I'm not, I've picked a side. And they're like, all right, cool. I guess you're on our team. I hate you so much for comparing Shireen to Wu, by the way. Well, which do you like better? Wu or my Philip Shepard comparison? <laughs> wow. It's a real Sophie's choice you gave She's me there. She's up, I gotta say. I mean, they're both, uh, second place finishers, so I don't know. Which I still think is her best option at this point. Anyway, you want to talk about Shireen. Go ahead. That was really just about the extent of my thoughts, other than her discussion of the tribe name, which we haven't even mentioned yet, by the way. Well, let's mention it now. You're coming live from America. I'm talking from Anada. Let's do this. (laughs) Yeah, do you guys have any obnoxious names for your country? No, of course we don't. We're not obnoxious. You don't don't have the, the Canadian version of rednecks up there? Oh, we probably do, but it's are the newfies your rednecks? I forget. I don't. I don't know your Canadian culture. No, the rednecks are the people from where I live. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like to picture you as the Canadian redneck with your overalls that are covered by a North Face jacket. Uh, more like lots of pickup trucks and all of that. Yes, that's all around where I live. Uh, but I am in an urban center. <laughs> it's a tiny speck of oasis amongst the rednecks that dominate my province <laughs> and for you listeners provinces are like states but they're much bigger well, anyway the the america thing i laughed because it's adorable that mike suggested it that made me laugh I, it made me like mike even more because it was such a mike suggestion but my god how terrible and i don't really care because who remembers merge names half the time although i, I imagine max knows them all <laughs> That's true. He probably does. I really wanted, it's in a Spanish speaking country. And I say this every time. If you're in a Spanish speaking country, I'm freely offering this up to you. Use culo pelo. It sounds so exotic and it means ass hair and it's hilarious. Uh, I loved it. I was all in on it. It's fantastic until they screwed it up and didn't spell it M U R I C K or C A. Um, Merca! And I loved Mike's confessional about it, how he was all so happy. I almost love all of Mike's confessionals when he's just talking about things that excite him. Just his big dopey grin is like, America! Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, well, about and- Haley's confessional though. I know! She suddenly turned into like an Aaron Sorkin character or something. <laughs> She was the gushing patriotism bot. Where did that come from? I know. I like, yeah, that reaction, those reactions I didn't like as much. Uh, There was, you know, bonus scenes where, like, Kelly's talking about how great it is. But, of course, the blue-collar people liked it better because blue-collars are more American, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Like, I'm not going to miss watching another Kelly bonus video. Um, (laughs) And I don't even have to see her at Ponderosa. Sorry, Kelly. But, like, if I was there... 
And somebody suggested I went like, yes, yes, it has to be that. <laughs> well, that's the thing is I would have done the exact same thing. Then I'd have been like, okay, uh, producers, I need a confessional right now. Let's do this. But my confessional would have been like laughing. Like, this is hilarious. It would have been like post-ironic for me. Whereas Shireen was a wet blanket in that moment. Far be it for Shireen to sit around talking about weirdo behavior and things that annoy people. Because it must be awful to sit with somebody that's always nattering on about something that you don't care about. I don't even know how to respond to that. But it's just like, what I would have liked is, you know, like, like Jen giving a confessional about how freaking stupid it was. Because it was delightfully stupid. This might be the only tribe, post-merge tribe name that I ever remember. <laughs> what about, I'm trying to think uh, of... I guess Merlonio or No Bag. Although, yeah. frankly, I didn't actually remember No Bag, just people been bringing it up. Yeah, the things that you remember are the ones that were equally terrible. Yeah, and here's my final point about, like, uh, uh post-merge tribes. Why? 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 They're not a tribe anymore. The tribe phase of the game is over. Who freaking cares? It's just so they have something to put on the buff that people buy, right? Right. And they just want to be able to make some ridiculous merge flag and give them, give them some art supplies and some time to kill. Yeah. But yeah, if I ever made Survivor and there was the big talk about whatever, I'd be one of those people just sitting there like, I, I don't care. Somebody else say something. <laughs> and they'd think, oh, I've totally outsmarted them by getting them to name it after my mom. Like, yeah, sure. Who cares? I, I don't care. <laughs> I will never refer to us by that name. So whatevs. I care about it. Zero percent. Ooh, what a transition, Andy. <laughs> I dug that one out. Yeah. So, uh, zero percent club where we, every episode talk about who has zero chance of winning the game. And for you sports fans out there, we're going to let you know that this is the final zero percent club of the season. Yeah, I think generally we retire right around this point, either at the merge or just after. Basically because we've usually filled it up so much that there's just no one else to add. It's been pretty clear that there are certain people who will have a chance to win. And again, we've usually thrown in everybody else. Yeah, like even as like after this point, some people emerge. It was like, oh, wow, they're not going to win. It almost becomes less fun to talk about the rest of the season if you only cut it down to one person. Right. Uh, and if it gets to an emergency point, like, you know, probably at some point at Karen Bowen, we would have been like, everybody not named Cochran. Right. Um, but, yeah, right now, left in the game, we both have Will, Rodney, Dan, and Carolyn. And then I also have Shireen. I think another reason why we might be ending this a week early is we didn't nail a lot of the pre-merge boots. We both had Nina and you had Joaquin. But, so, do you have anybody else you'd like to add before we close up shop? No, I actually am feeling a little better about not throwing Tyler in there at this point. But in general, this is not a game about picking the pre-merge boots. This is just people that don't have a chance to win the game. They're two different oh, yeah, things. No, I, I, yeah, again, I'm not worried that like we haven't named too many people. It's just there's a lot of people left in the game that we have in our 0% club. Yeah? Whereas if, we, if some of them had been eliminated pre-merge, there'd be more contenders left. Uh, I actually do have one more name to throw in before we uh, close up shop. Um, Alec. <laughs> because no, I'm throwing I mean, Alec in. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that didn't happen. But uh, there's been there was been two largely invisible players throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Kelly being one of them. Yep, I Cyanor think you know where you're going. Sierra was the other, and I've been holding off on this because we didn't know, and there was enough intrigue there with her reaction to Liz, Lindsay vote that maybe she could do something. This was her chance to do something. She did nothing, and she was barely present. We've been through too many episodes, too many moments of the season, where Sierra has been absent, uh, has been no effect on the season. We're at the point where that's unacceptable from an editing standpoint. Were she the winner? And the reason why it's fine is that she is not the winner. So from an invisibility standpoint, I say Sierra has a 0% chance of winning. Yeah, that was the only one that I actually debated. And for the exact same reasons, she's getting a little uh, Cowboy Rick slash Purple Kelly edit going on. Um, I have, or I had, I should say, hopes for her doing something. But we're really not seeing her. Yeah, like at this point, like what should could she say? What could she say that would redeem her? No, like, it, like so she gets to a final immune, or a final jury. Oh, okay. What, what, what has she done? And like at the, like, and obviously there's still a lot of game left. 
But it kind of feels like she should have been starting to do some of it right now. Like, if that arc of the revenge of Sierra was ever going to happen, we would have seen at least seeds of it last night. And maybe last night wasn't the right time to jump. But at the same time, I'm not sure it wasn't. Like, what if she was really going to flip, wouldn't Joe factor into her plans somehow? Wouldn't making bonds and connections with, you know the other young people be part of it. And she seemed to be like, no, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stick with the blue collars for a while. Yeah. I, I just think she's basically in invisibility mode. Yeah. But mostly, yeah, it is an edit thing. Yeah. Once you see her becoming a large part of an episode, that's the time to just assume it's going to be her that week, which by the way, how odd was it that this was Kelly's boot episode? I think we saw Kelly twice. Maybe three times, which again is kind of a lot for Kelly, but didn't seem like a boot episode where you, you know, you can at least count on getting some FaceTime in your boot episode. Yeah, shout out to everybody who kept saying that, you know, oh, watch out, Kelly, she's going to do really well in this game. I really like Kelly and giving our friend Matt gar- crap for putting Kelly in there too early. No, no, we were right. Uh, <laughs> and especially Matt. She's underfeatured because... She was booted out in a rather unceremonious way. She was not the target, and she went home. Yeah, I'm just surprised. You know, usually, if you're going home, you get a little bit more of an edit going. Yeah, I think probably because the edit they were trying to sell is, uh, this person who is awesome is in danger. Or these people, because first Joe, then Jen. Um, but regardless, I- I'm okay with my prediction. Um, predictions. We should talk about those. Hey, we should. We're terrible at them. Well, I'm slightly better than you. Yeah, you got one on your second choice. That's right. And our listeners got two. Yeah, and oddly enough, we both ended up at the same place last week. We were wrong once again. I feel like this time, though, I think Mike is the target. I think Rod- the, the preview scene that we saw is Rodney is like, oh, I got to take this over. I got to take out Mike. or Mike. I got to become the leader, which I think is going to happen. And I think... The no-collar types are going to be like, yeah, Rodney, you got to become the leader of that alliance. Let's all take out Mike. And I think he might be the next one to go. Yeah, like I said earlier, I do think Rodney is the agent of chaos that's going to break things down. And I mean, because I'm tired of thinking that we've been getting the uh, the the multi-episode arc of the uh, fall of Rodney. Uh, so that's probably why it's going to be him. Uh, now that I'm moving off of that. Right. Oh, man, I, I was actually going to pick Mike, too, man. Oh, Ooh. we'll see. This is what happens when you let me go first. Yeah, well, I usually don't, uh, <laughs> is the thing. And that's been so successful. Um, one thing I do think, it may be, uh, well, just throw it out there, I'm not getting anything right now, is maybe the time to crum- cr- cripple the Blue Alliance and when people like Tyler, Carolyn, you know, will flip to the other side is once the threat of Joe is gone. And I think maybe as long as Joe is in the game, people are always going to be united against Joe. And, and like, this is in-game. I think, you know, the edit's starting to move away from Joe. He has not been featured anywhere near as much as, say, Jen has been. But I don't think it would take long for the show to ramp up a, a Joe winner edit, you know? Right now, uh, when they want to talk about Joe, they just get anybody on the island to talk about how awesome Joe is. Right. So clearly there, they think of, uh, they think of him rather highly and they think of him dangerously. And Joe right now could be like the Spencer or whatever, that threat, that external threat that's holding a group that would otherwise splinter apart. Uh, same thing in Panama. Like right now, it feels like those those wackos on the blue collar tribe plus wet blankets are kind of like the crazies in, in Panama, where they didn't get along at all except when it was time to vote. And a lot of that was because Terry was a big threat out there. So maybe what has to happen is Joe is going to go home, and maybe that's what happens next week. So I'm going to go with Joe. Oh, interesting pick. Uh, by the way, Shireen actually made the observation that the blue collar tribe is, is like somehow staying together despite the fact that they all hate each other. And I'm like, please tell me that they cut off her making the reference in the next sentence to the Kasaya tribe in Panama because <laughs> that's so clearly where she wanted to go there. Yeah. Or maybe she, she self edits now. Maybe she's <laughs> like, Oh, nobody wants to hear this uh, survivor talk. Uh, no, no, Shireen, not this time. No, no, Shireen. I saw what happened to Max. Can't talk about Survivor. Apparently, these people that are playing Survivor don't like to talk about it. Again, I'll back that up. You and I like to talk about Survivor. 
we still don't like to talk about it half as much as some of the people who listen to our show. And those are awesome people, but we would kind of be like, whoa, man, I guess I don't know Survivor like you know Survivor. <laughs> it's funny that there are there are the 1% of Survivor fans. That's us because we're, you know, so elite. But mm-hmm. then there are also the 1% of the 1%, and some of those people listen to our podcast, and they know some stuff. Yeah, the email is like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right about that. I, mean, I, I didn't feel like looking anything up or ever. Like, they were like, oh, well, when you watch Nicaragua again, I'm like, whoa, whoa, nope, whoa, whoa, nope. whoa, let me stop you right there. <laughs> yeah. And you I'm out. Nicaragua again? Intentionally? Were you in a prison camp? Because that would make sense. <laughs> Like said, I've watched every episode of Survivor except for Micronesia once. The 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 night it aired, or perhaps the next night if something was going on. Micronesia I actually rewatched this summer. That's it. That's where I'm at. I just trust this memory that is not useful for anything other than podcasting about Survivor. <laughs> Other people, they're like, yeah, breaking it down. And it's like, hey, you be you. I admire you. Uh thanks for listening to the show. And at this point I just Figure I can just spout out whatever I want and I'll get a correction later. So yeah, they're, they're survivor fans. They're survivor fans and then they're survivor fans. Well, and, um, and you know who some of those survivor fans would like is some of the names that we brought up on our bonus podcast last week because, uh, we have to figure out how we're going to talk about this because it mentions some casting spoilers. So if you're into such things as casting spoilers, uh, you can find it on our website, purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, we discussed this is not actual casting spoilers. There was actually some that were leaked today. But the gimmick that they will use for the next returnee season is what we discussed. And then we also threw out some uh, options that we'd like to see. So, again, yeah. if that's your thing, go ahead and check it out. And uh, I don't think we're even letting people vote anymore, are we? Yeah, no, uh, the voting's still open. So what we did is uh, I uh, drafted a tribe of 10 and John drafted a tribe of 10. And we're letting you guys pick who you like best. I figured we might as well keep it open past this podcast. Because maybe there's a big fraction of people, like your people, just only your podcast only. They don't follow us on social media, so they're going to come. Because... I have a slight advantage right now of about <laughs> 75% in favor. Yeah. And what's funny is the gays that follow us were like, oh, come on, you pick some terrible guys. I'm like, I consulted with gays to pick the guys. <laughs> I didn't pick them on my own. It turns out, John, that there might not just be a monolith of opinions amongst an entire community of people. It's almost like the straights, Andy. <laughs> almost, Maybe. <laughs> So, you know, you and Corinne have your gays, but that doesn't encapsulate all gays. No, I can't just lump them all into one group and call them my gays. No, apparently <laughs> not. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've gotten that pass yet or not, but you get to just, you know, throw out offensive stuff about people's like, but no, 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 some of my best friends are gay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that that one dropped on Tuesday, and uh, I think uh, besides the fact that John sounds horrific. Oh, yeah. A, My audio listen. was really bad, and I apologize again for that. Uh, there was an audio issue that we had that hopefully is corrected this week. Yeah, and then uh, also what's continuing going on on the blog is the Ultimate Survivor Bracket. We are currently in the Sweet 16 round uh, where we're going to uh, – determine who will be the final eight because that's how math works (laughs) and because we're down to 16 here this is some there's some tight matchups here oh there's there was some tough decisions too i mean even the ones that are somehow not close votes right now were tough decisions i actually thought sandra versus sari was probably my toughest choice and it's a blowout right now sandra is destroying sari yeah, and I think there's a good chance for a lot of people was like, oh, but then if it's that close, it's like, well, count the rings, I guess, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's a, a good tiebreaker, and maybe a lot of people just broke that way. Uh, Frankly, I don't even remember which way I voted. I, yeah, like, if I'm listing my top five survivors, there's a good chance those two are like four and five, and I'm not sure the order. So that one was really tough, but yeah, Sandra's got it unlocked. Who doesn't have it unlocked is uh Kim and Denise. That's a tight one. Yeah, and I think part of that is that we slightly seated Denise too low. But at the same time, that's a pretty fierce matchup. Um, I think I voted Kim in that one, but I can see the argument for Denise. They're both very worthy winners. Yeah, I voted, I mean, I, I like, uh, I respect a lot of Denise, but yeah, Kim was an easy choice for me. Just cause, uh, 
I prefer people who dominate all the way to people that, you know, take the win at the end. Not say one way or the other way is not valid or not good. It's just my own personal preference. Uh, speaking of people who dominate all the way that are in trouble, <laughs> Rob versus Rob, Boston Rob versus Tom uh, Westman. That this is your man. About Ten votes, I think. Your man is in trouble. Uh, frankly, I never thought Boston Rob was going to win this. So, and I really like Tom. Obviously, I voted for Boston Rob, but uh, I'm yeah, I'm not going to shed a tear if it doesn't go down that way. Yeah. Uh, Boston Rob is hated by just as many people as he's loved. So, a format like this where it's binary choices of you know him versus him. Just like in All-Stars, it's easy just to be like, ah, f- screw you, Rob, I'm voting for the other. And in this other, Tom is pretty awesome. He is. And this one was actually tied at 111 votes each at one point. Yeah, earlier uh, when I looked today, I think Rob might have had a 10-vote lead, but uh, there's going to be an influx after this podcast. And, you know, maybe <laughs> yes. all those Russell Hance people that were trying to stuff the ballot for him last at the end of last <laughs> week. Decide that they're going to do the same for Rob. How obvious was it when there was 75 more votes in that poll than any other poll that we yeah, had? Yeah, and also, it's just like, I wasn't even looking at that one. I was, like, going in to look at, like, I think Todd and JT, because that had previously been close. And I decided to click on the others, like, whoa, what just happened? Like, and Rob, but here's the thing. I don't think Russell ever caught Earl. So even with all their boat stuffing, it's like, sorry, guys. Nice try. Yeah, and then our last close matchup that we have is, I'm kind of surprised by this one, Parvati versus Todd. I, I think it might be the same sort of backlash that you see against Boston Rob is happening to Parvati here. Yeah, uh, to a lesser level. Like, uh, people don't dislike her the way they like dislike Rob, but I think it's starting to get that way. I think for too long, people have been hearing that Parvati is the best ever. Uh, she, I think she won Rob's pull twice now. Um and nobody on the internet ever wants to be told the way they're supposed to think. And it's like way too obvious. Yeah, screw poverty. She, uh, not in the way that people would like to. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of anti-poverty sentiment. And I think there's also just a really strong pro-Todd uh, group out there. Actually, it sounded uh, like you said anti-poverty. <laughs> I was like, oh, how Canadian of right. you. I am anti-poverty. <laughs> <laughs> Down with poverty. Uh, yeah, I think Todd has his backers and they're mobilizing. Um, Poverty is, you know, this one isn't quite as close as the other two, but if you Todd backers uh, flood the, the the polls one more time, you might have a shot at it. And that would be weird, because from the from the inset, I, I looked at these and I thought par- poverty in the final four was the easiest bet of all of them. Yeah, she seemed to have the most certain path to the finals. But we'll see. Polls will close on Sunday, and then we'll have the next round will go up on Tuesday. You can actually see a preview of it Monday. Uh, our graphics guy at Sil Visual will give us a new bracket and he'll give us a preview on Monday. So check it out, purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com. And if you'd like to uh, contact us about any of your thoughts of this episode, the bracket, uh, the episode we recorded on Tuesday, uh, John's uh, fanboyish fawning over Shireen on you know, these accounts, you can do so at Twitter, at purplerockpod, or email us, purplerockpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. You actually got our email address right for once. Good job, Andy. It's a 50-50 shot. Way to earn that podcasting money. Wait, you're getting money for this? Oh, let's wrap this thing up. Theme music! That's what it's like when a woman wants a baby.